Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35 and TikTok at AGSpartanFan35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Welcome into the 160th edition of the TFS Pod. First one of February. We are here, um, well, one month away from March, coming up quick. Um, an extra day this year due to the leap year in February, so one extra day we'll have to wait. But nonetheless, it's only 24 days away. Um, lots to discuss here. College basketball, um, getting down to last month and change of the regular season. Um, Selection Sunday is 40 days away. That's also coming up real quick. Um and golf, uh, we got had an elevated event this past weekend. We'll talk about that, um, and then some other stuff. Super Bowl this weekend, um, probably the most, the least excited I've ever been for a Super Bowl. Um, crazy. We can get, we'll get to that later, though. Um, podium, uh, mine. I heard this on the radio this morning. I read some articles about it in the last few weeks. Thought it was an interesting topic to touch on. So, why are college football coaches leaving to the NFL? Example. Jim Harbaugh, we all know he wanted to leave for a long time from Michigan to go to the NFL. He finally did, left for the Chargers. Um, a few other coaches, um, Jeff Halfley, he was Boston College's head coach. I think this he was three or four years there, um, did a decent job, kind of had them on the rise. Um, takes a defensive coordinator job with the Green Bay Packers, not a head coaching job, but a defensive coordinator job. Then you see... Um, coaches like Chip Kelly exploring, leaving. Um, it's just gotten to be this weird scenario. And it wouldn't surprise me if more and more are going to start to do this. Maybe it's it's less work. Um, you don't have to deal with boosters. You don't have to deal with NIL and recruiting and roster management. You could be a defensive coordinator and make the same salary or close to um, and not have to carry all the load. It's just – it's crazy. Um it's a college athletics is just in general has gotten to be a joke, especially football and basketball. Others, the non-revenue sports, not as it's not as bad. Um, but these, the main two that carry the weight, it's just we we talked about over and over. It's ridiculous. Um, more and more coaches that start leaving, you're going to see um, big-time coaches like Nick Saban left, and last and in the last few years, Coach K retired, Jay Wright, Roy Williams, guys like that are going to keep retiring left and right, and there's going to be this new changing of the guard and these guys it, it takes a special person to go to deal with this um and, and deal with all the garbage that comes with it and i, oof, I i'm very fearful I've, I've said it a lot but now like it, this is not good and the, the end of college athletics is very near it's semi-pro already basically it's just a matter of time for when they're going to get you know pay for literally getting contracts um would not surprise me if that happens within the next couple of years. Yeah, that bounces into my podium, which is, you know, the new alliance that was kind of mm-hmm. quietly formed last week. Lots of language that, if you read between the lines, is a lot about probably breaking off and creating their own thing. And I, I talked about this first in the pod two summers ago, how it would be 
it would become the Big Ten and the SEC as like the NFC, AFC. And then, you know, everybody else would kind of fall into this new division one, if you will, that this part would break <laughs> off. And I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sticking to it. I, I think then I talked about 24 teams per league and, and 48 total. I, I'm thinking it's probably going to be more like 32 and go to 64 teams. I think there's going to be four regional eight-team divisions for the Big Ten and the SEC, um, which I think is going to be smart, honestly, because that'll that'll recorrect some of the, the, the ridiculousness of, you know, Washington and Oregon and USC and UCLA having to play Rutgers and Maryland, you know, in softball and things like that. I think football is going to completely break away. I think there'll be 64 teams. I think there'll still be a 12 team playoff. And I think there'll be 10 bowl games. That means 32 teams qualify for postseason. I think it will be must see TV. I think fans will flock to it. And that's why I think it will happen. Um, Maybe they could explore kind of the relegation thing. I talked about that a little bit a couple years ago, too, where teams could maybe move in and out, you know, of those mid-majors or whatever. Are some teams going to be left out of this mix? Yep. Um, You know, for now, the 20 Big Ten teams and the 18 SEC teams are safe. That's 38. And then I think it's going to be a jockey to get the other 26 teams in there and and go from there. And it's, it's just, it's a new world. I think I would honestly rather see that happen because I think even with that, you would have a right sizing of conferences so that Michigan State softball, for example, isn't going to USC for a doubleheader on a Thursday, Friday, every, you know, like that's just not conducive to mm-hmm. college athletics and, and the Olympic sports, if you will. And it's not really conducive to basketball yeah. either. And I, I would much rather, I think you can do that there and then just reestablish for that next tier down, that next 64 team tier um, reestablish regular conferences there, maybe even blend FCS into that because most of the FCS schools want to move up anyway. So just kind of create that. And even if that's its own 100 and however many team thing, great. And have regular conferences that are more like the true Big Ten and the true whatever. Um, I think that's where ba- for where football is going to go. I think basketball could work in that realm to an extent. Um, obviously you have March Madness in the field of 68, so it's a little bit different. So it's not exactly an apples for apples because I've been vocal here before. I don't want to make March Madness 96 teams. I don't think it should be more than the 64 or 68 as it is now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy times. I think we're, we're closer to it than ever before. The contract for the college football playoff is, I, I think is actually up in the TV contract in 2025. I think there's some great bargaining power between the Big Ten and the SEC, and those are the brands that matter. So it's going to be really interesting. College sports is dead as we know it, no doubt. Um, yep. And it's just going to be a matter of how does it all shake out and where does it go. And I think at the end of the day, the product is going to be great. You know, the right 64 teams that people really mostly care about anyway will be there. And then everybody else's schools will get a little bit of spotlight and limelight too. And, you know, it'll be fine. You know, that next level down can have their own bowls. They can have their own playoffs like FCS does now. Um, you know, so what you crown an FCS champion and a, and a, you know, a BCS, if you will, if you will champion already anyway. So what's the difference? You're just going to kind of blend those two. So um, it's kind of like get on board or get out of the way at this point in time. So we shall see where it goes. Yeah. It's going to be uh super interesting um to see what happens and it, it's going to happen fast i think it's going to be a snowball um oh yeah just like with the big 10 you know when yeah, it, you know it lit up really quickly overnight. with overnight when all the teams did, you know basically left the pac-12 and it blew up overnight that's exactly what's going to happen and it'll be 
in a snap and it'll be a new world. And I think once that settles, I don't see any other big changes, to be honest. No, then like like we've said all along, it's going to revert back to what it was before. Um, whatever. Um, just got to roll with it and hope nothing crazy, terrible happens. All right, time for tee up this week. Um, we'll stick with the NCAA slash NIL. I don't think we talked about this last week. Tennessee um, under investigation um, from the NCAA um, due to uh, NIL stuff with their quarterback Nico Amavalo. I don't know. I'm saying how, if I'm saying that correctly, probably not. But he got he got like bill, millions of dollars to be their quarterback, basically, in in a shady way. Um, in Tennessee and this the Commonwealth of Virginia like were filing a restraining order against the NCAA and just got like like they said no today uh, the courts did um, the NCAA is spineless they pick and choose what they want to do it's dumb like plenty of schools do this um, I see it from Tennessee side but like this this pay for play stuff like we've said all along is so dumb um, I mean teams did all along now you can do it and you know it Teams like Miami, teams like Tennessee, um, they they pay this big money and they don't do anything. They don't win anything meaningful. It, it, Ole Miss, like it, it's crazy. Texas A&M, it doesn't matter. Like you still aren't going to do anything because you are who you are. Right. And at um, some point, when when are when are these investors? They're not. What are they investing in? They're investing in their school to win, and their school's not going to win. That's going to that well's going to dry up. Like I was talking to Chris about this. Um, a couple of weeks ago. And, and I think, you know, it's like they do in the aspiring guys for the PGA tour, what they do. Um, and when they need funding, cause obviously golf is an expensive sport and entry fees and stuff is they, they sell shares of themselves. And then there's a way for the investors to make money back on their investment. You know, you know, whether it's, Hey, you take a risk and you may lose your money. You may you break even, you may get money if, if the person's mm-hmm. a big winner or whatever. And I, I think that's eventually what's going to have to happen the problem is, is the NCAA did nothing because it wanted to stay amateur. And then the courts, why the Supreme Court and Congress and whatever got involved? I mean, like they don't have anything better to do. <clears throat> Border Patrol control. I mean, like they don't have anything better to do that they had to meddle. And but and we've talked about this for a couple of years. Now you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. So no. they got to figure something out that's going to work. And one of the ways it's going to work is for the rich people to start saying, Hey, wait a minute. I gave that kid a million dollars to go to Ohio State, and now he goes to Texas. Screw that. Like, somebody's going to figure it out and get smart unless they're just laundering their money. So, for now, right. the NCAA, NIL, and, and the problem is, it, actually, I'm not a Deion Sanders fan, as you know, and the podcast listeners know. But, you know, at this point in time, Deion Sanders actually is a part of his class, had a really good kind of a, a lecture on the difference between collectives and NIL. Like, NIL is the purpose of making money on your name, image, and likeness is one thing. The problem is, is some of this, like what Tennessee is in being busted for, is they weren't using it for that. They were using it as a recruiting thing, which is the old booster way of doing it. Um, you know, and the collectives are for all the other average Joes, like the 95% that don't get name, image, and likeness because they're a walk-on third-string long snapper. Uh, you know, right. they get a collective so that they feel like they've got a piece of the pie. That's like a total socialist way to do things, in my opinion, anyway. But like it's just the whole system is wrong and somebody needs to come in and, and right size it you know some things are they're just gonna have to adjust and they need to make it universal and they need to make it work because it was intended to level the playing field and it has not leveled the playing field whatsoever <laughs> and the dumb just keep spending their money to not win and the good spend their money like ohio state spent 13 and a half million dollars on basically alabama's transfers 
And they damn well better win a national title with that thirteen and a half million dollars spent. It's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, that'd be embarrassing if they don't. To be honest, um, yeah, I weird weird times. Um, all right, uh, that's tee up for the week. Let's go into the nitty gritty here. Um, let's hit our around the world um, college basketball. What uh, what what we do? Did we do last Tuesday? Was it last Tuesday? I think it was last Tuesday, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so since then, geez, Wisconsin lost twice after only having one Big Ten loss. Um, We'll start there, I guess, Um, Big Ten-wise. You want to do power rankings? Um, Yeah, I'll uh, I'll throw in our little ad, and I'll do power rankings, and you can kind of react, or we can both kind of talk to them. So spot one in Big Ten power rankings are presented by Norris Sports Group. NSG is a boutique agency of experts with 30-plus years of experience in sports, sponsorship, and much more. Learn more about them today at norrissportsgroup.com. So the way I broke down my Big Ten power rankings, and we'll do it in these chunks too, is I kind of said these are the teams that have basically no prayer for March. These are the couple teams that I think have an outside shot at March, and these are the six teams that I think are in. So I think there's there are six teams that I think are pretty much as it stands today locks. Now, some things can change. I think there's two teams that are fighting to get in there, and I think the other – uh, what six teams are, are just they're they're a no go. Um, Michigan is the worst Michigan team I've oh. honestly seen in my life. They're it's not even close. What what was that stat so the other bad. day, Ryan? They they were up ten or so at the half against Rutgers, who's one of the worst they're offenses. At one point, yeah, like I think they're ranked like the hundred ninetieth in offense. Rutgers and they Rutgers went like a twenty five to two run to finish or something. Yeah, just I mean how I, they're, if, they're embarrassing, man. If Juwan they're keeps his job, I don't I don't know how. I mean they look. I'll give you this, like the way they played against us last Tuesday, um, you know, they played great in the first half. Now they also shot an ungodly percentage, like 75%, and that's not sustainable. But they're they're great in the first half, but their defense is horrible. And they just turtle up and they disappear. If basketball is a 20-minute game, they'd be probably in running for a national championship. But it's 40 minutes, and and they are literally the worst Michigan team I can remember – I mean, Ellerby days for sure, but I, maybe ever, to be honest. Um, 13 Rutgers. The thing is, is Rutgers has some talent. They just they can't score the basketball. Like, they have a defense, but Good this, defense. there's a reason why you got to be top 40 Ken Palm, top 22, or, oh, top 22 defense, you know, usually to win the national championship because you can't really – you can have a really good defense, but you better be able to score the basketball too, just in case, because teams are going to score on you, right? Like if they get hot from wherever, Rutgers has, like, they don't they have don't anything. Score. Maybe they're a year away. I, I, they're a little different team than they have been next the last year, couple years, but be, uh, they have the best, one of the best recruiting classes coming in next year. So yeah, which is kind of crazy. So, but Rutgers, I think I had thirteen. Penn State, I have twelve. I've talked about Penn State for a while. Like I really <laughs> like the nucleus and the core of their team. I think. I think they have a lot of potential. They don't have any cohesion, and they, I mean, recently a couple of transfers. Yeah, they a couple of weeks ago they blew like a fifteen point lead at half and lost by like fifteen. So they're kind of similar to Michigan that way. So um, I will say it scares me to go play Penn State here soon because Michigan State never plays. They're well in there, but, Um I've got Ohio State eleven. You know, Ryan, you've talked about Holtman exactly. maybe being on the on the hot seat Being warmer. I, I don't. I still don't 100% see it, but I'm starting to buy it a little bit more. Like there's there's something going on there, and I can't quite my. I haven't really watched them that much this year, but I can't quite put my finger on it. I I don't know. You know, I don't know if it's 
like is there an internal team turmoil or you know, I don't know what's going on there but that to have them in the six that have a no no shot I think at the NCAA's is, is saying something yeah, they they don't they're three and seven in the big ten yeah or three and eight I'm sorry yeah and they're they're trending I think they're playing tonight against Indiana um so we'll see what happens there, but well, that's who I have at number t- at number ten, and that's kind of a, an elimin of well, I think a one hundred percent elimination game. Whoever loses that, I think, is completely out unless they yeah, win the they're, they're, they're done. Big Ten championship. And then I have Iowa at nine. They're kind of one of those teams that you watch them and you're like, they should be pretty good, but then you are reminded that they don't play defense and no. they kind of get really hot and cold and streaky from three. Um, you know, so I kind of have them. They could slide into this middle pack, which I have eight Minnesota and seven Maryland. We saw Maryland in person this weekend. Another case of great defense, but they got two guys that can score the rock, and that's it. I mean, what did the what did Young and Scott have? Forty eight of their points the other day against us in East Lansing, yeah, or forty four yep. or something like that. I mean, yeah, and, and Maryland didn't score that much. Minnesota, big game for Michigan State tonight at Minnesota. So they're not they're not bad. They've made some nice improvements. Um, I think Ben Johnson's a really good coach, and I think he's doing a good job. I'm glad that they were patient with him because he, he kind of had some transfer outs, and he's kind of had to build it, but I think he's built it the right way. In fact, their best player really went to Ohio State, and <laughs> he went to Ohio State, and Minnesota got better. Sometimes it's addition by subtraction. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. Shot the ball a lot. So in the top six right now, if it were to end today, I have these teams for sure making the tournament. I got Nebraska six, Michigan State five, Northwestern four, Illinois three, Wisconsin two, Purdue one. Um, Nebraska had a great week last week. Came back from 20, it was 19 down, I think it was, against Wisconsin at home. Um, The first time that Wisconsin since 2000, Wisconsin had been 120 and 0, went up 15 plus in a game, and they were up that at the half, um, and they lost uh, to Nebraska. And it was the first time since 1957 that Nebraska has two wins over top six teams, Wisconsin and Purdue, which is pretty amazing. And this, despite Wisconsin having three different guys that went on personal 10-0 plus runs, like it's crazy. And then you watch Wisconsin who I think got the job end of the officiating a little bit at home. Um, I've said for a while, I think Wisconsin's probably the one team that can match up a little bit with Purdue because of their bigs, you know, um, especially, uh, oh, his name is escaping me, Crowell. Um, But, I mean, if, if you watched, and if you watched Northwestern last week, Purdue, which was a great overtime game, um, and then if you watched, Wisconsin Purdue, which is a really good game. If you watched Nebraska Illinois, that one wasn't so much the officiating, but I'm telling you, Purdue gets the whistles, and it's why they're probably going to be an easy exit again. I mean, they they shot 46 to eight free throws against Northwestern, 46 to eight, that's, and barely won in overtime. Yeah, I mean, almost. Impossible. I got into an argument with with numbnuts people on on uh, like CBS Sports TikTok about how Edie camps in the lane. They're like, prove it. Show me what he does. It's like, okay, watch any segment of game film for 20 seconds at a time. And yes, I am aware of the rule that if you get a foot out, it resets. I guarantee you he's in there for three seconds or longer for almost half the time that he's in the game. It's it's ridiculous. And and I'm telling you, like Purdue's got a solid team. Or Ryan, we were talking about this the other day, that transfer that they got. Um, Jones. Has yep. been, yeah, it's been really nice for them. And it allows Smith to be a really good point guard and lawyer to kind of do his thing. But the problem is, is the refs are doing the 
Purdue no favors because come NCAA tournament time, Edie's going to get more than two fouls a game. And Purdue's not going to have a 32 point or a 36, 38, sorry, free throw shooting disparity at the line. It's just not going to happen. And a lot of people want to say Purdue's going to be like Virginia, lose to the 16, win the national title. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think they have good talent. I don't. I think the way they play and the way games are officiated in the Big Ten is going to do them zero favors. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I, I just, I, I can't until I see it. I can't buy it with Purdue. I, the officiating does them like we, you said, no favors. Um, they're just too streaky for me. Like if team, if they get a weird matchup like Fairleigh Dickinson last year. Team they can that's just going to muck it up and make it weird. They, they turn the ball over. Braden Smith, as good as he is passing the ball, he turns the ball over a lot. He did it against Wisconsin three times at the end of the game against the press. Right. I, I just I, I just don't – I'll believe it when I see it. I think they're a really good team, but I, big guys don't win you in several championships. I'm sorry. When your mm. best player is a big guy, it doesn't happen. Guard play wins in March. Yeah, and I think – Every time. And honestly, I think that's why Wisconsin, depending on matchups, has a pretty good shot because of the kid from store from – St. John's is a really nice player. I'm telling you, that's why Northwestern has a shot because Bo Bowie is oh. Boo Bowie is is phenomenal, and they play really cohesive and together. Are they super talented and athletic? No, but like they're scrappy as heck, and I'm not looking forward yeah. to playing them again. And in Illinois with Shannon, that's another really nice team. You know, you got a guy that can guard all five positions in Hawkins, like. You know, in Nebraska, you watch them, they're like, you got the kamikaze, you got this kind of gumpasaurus German dude, and you're like, what is this team? Like, they're good. They're Like, I was really pissed when Michigan State lost to them in December, and I'm still kind of mad, but Nebraska's a good basketball team. They're going to make the tournament, and really yeah. Michigan State should too, given their schedule the rest of the way. But I don't know if you see it any different, Ryan. I kind of have like six those six teams, and maybe yeah, they could I mean, squeeze one or two more in. But that's about I it. think it's I think it's six unless you know Maryland or Indiana or Minnesota goes on a or Iowa goes on a hot run here. But I mean seed wise, I mean I think it's the six. And as of right now, I'd have Nebraska at a nine, Michigan State an eight, the Northwestern is hovering around seven six line, Illinois four five line, Wisconsin probably three, and Purdue as a one. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I think those are obviously subject to change. I think Northwestern, if they keep winning, could get up to a six. But I'm thinking more seven. Uh, Michigan State, if they, I think if they have less than eleven or less losses at the time of selection Sunday, I think that they're a six seed. I really do with the schedule that they played, um, but in their net ranking. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be super interesting. And and I just I it wouldn't I will say this it would not surprise me so mark it down February sixth it will not surprise me at all if one of those teams like an Indiana Ohio State you know or a Minnesota or somebody like that that's kind of on the outside looking in could storm through um, and win the Big Ten tournament and kind of get the yeah, get. get the league a seventh a bit I I don't think any of those six I mean Michigan State arguably you could say is on the bubble, but I think those six are pretty safe. And I think that there's maybe a team on the bubble, you know, maybe you'd knock one of those teams off the bubble, but it wouldn't surprise me if one of those bubble teams actually won it in, in many this year. I, I just think it's that wide open to be yeah. honest. Um, it'll be really interesting to see. So uh, real quick on basketball thinking, you know, my weekly Ken Palm and then Ryan, I know you have a little bracketology uh, that you want to talk about a smidge, but um, top 40, again, reminder, top 
40 in offense, top 22 on defense, has won a natty every year since Ken Palm, which is since 2002. Um, as of today, that's Purdue, number one in offense, number 13 on defense. UConn, um, who moved in, a uh, big move up in defense. They're number three on offense, 15 on defense. Arizona, five on offense, 12 on defense. Auburn, 12 on offense, four on defense. Tennessee, 15 on offense, two on defense. Kansas moved up as well. They improved on uh, both offense and defense. They're 17 and 19. Houston's slipping a little bit. They got kind of smoked by Kansas over the weekend. They're 18 and three, 18 offense, three defense. North Carolina still holding strong in there. 21 on offense, seven on defense. Marquette, 26 and 10. Creighton, 27, 25. And Michigan State holding strong, 29, actually up in both. 29 on offense, 18 on defense. And then from last week, having moved out was New Mexico. Um, they slipped to 38 on offense and 24, just outside the um, the cusp there on defense. And then interesting teams kind of on the bubble that we'll keep an eye on in terms of the Ken Palm. BYU, number eight offense, number 24 defense. Um, I think actually had New Mexico flipped. I think they were 24 offense, 38 defense now that I think about it. Wisconsin still kind of in there in that mix, 9 and 33. Illinois, 6 and 30. BYU, who moved out um, recently. Oh, I said them there, 8 and 24. Um, Duke is still in the mix. Duke is surprisingly not very good on defense. They're number 38 on defense. So that's a little interesting. And actually, one of the last year's Final Four teams, the Aztecs, San Diego State, moving in. They're 47 yeah, now they're on offense, so, and they're 18 on defense. Yeah, they're, they're one of my biggest movers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a big, week. they're um, a big muck it up type of team too. So, yeah, I mean, and then Kansas beat smoked Houston the other day, um, who's still number one in Ken Palm for some reason. They always get the love um, for some reason. Creighton, I think they're a good team. Um, North Carolina last as I was losing to Clemson after beating Duke and then they lost to Georgia Tech last week. What a weird team. Um, Tennessee, they've moved up for me. Kentucky's moved down. They're horrible. Their defense, I think it's it's something terrible, is it not? Hundred and third defense, seventh best offense. Yeah, and you, I mean it's pretty obviously it's proven because it's every year for the last 21, 22 seasons that this has been the case, but Again, you need a good defense and you need a pretty good offense is what that amounts to. I mean, a top 40 offense is what? Top eight, top 12.5% offense. Um, yep. Top 22 defense is a top, what, 5%, 6% defense. Yep. So, um, you know, there's it's it's pretty tried and true. And, I you know, I think there's a reason for that. So we'll, we'll continue to keep an eye on it. But what else did you want to talk about NCAA-wise, right? Um, we just, I, I was one of the last year we talked about who we think, who do you think the one seeds are as of now, if the tournament started today, who would you put? I'd go Purdue, UConn, Arizona, and North Carolina. Okay. I, I have the same, I have three of your same Purdue, UConn, um, North Carolina. Then I, I, last week at Houston, this week at Kansas, um, after beating Houston. Um, but I think that's subject. I don't know. It's, it's going to be weird. I, I think the only teams I would not really want to play, the only team I really wouldn't want to play is UConn, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, UConn, else. UConn's got to be the, I mean, I haven't looked at the odds lately, but they got to be the favorite at this point in time. I mean, they're the most put together. They clearly fall into both Ken Palm categories. They have the experience. You know, they, they can score in a lot of different ways. They're they're a really solid yeah. basketball team. Yeah, yeah, they're really fun to watch too. Um, I think that's all I have college basketball-wise. Uh, my team, oh, my starting five smoking your team, no surprise. Yeah, we don't even ask that question anymore because that's kind of a no-brainer. Like, I, I'm horrible at picking 
picking that to date. So we'll, we'll just skip okay. right past that. And we'll move to spot two, hodgepodge mailbag, as always. Mitchapalooza in the house with several good questions we'll get to in a minute. Chris just weighed in again on text, and he's got a couple questions in there. So we got seven good mailbag questions this week. So number one Great. from Mitchapalooza. What a week to be Wyndham Clark. He shoots a course record 60. He wins 3.6 mil because California's got some crazy-ass weather and you know, it got rained and winded out. Um, will he win another major this year? Good question. Um, I like Wyndham a lot, and he's grown on me. Um, three, he never had a win, um, for those that didn't know that, until last year he won the Wells Fargo. Then, of course, he won the U.S. Open, um, just won at Pebble this past weekend. Um I can see it. I, I don't know if he's a Masters, if that's his game, but if he's obviously won the U.S. Open, which is a tough venue. I, I can say I can see him winning um, PGA or, or the U.S. Open, one of the two. He's he's really good. He can hit the ball really far. He's pretty good short game. Um, yeah, I, I can see it. I don't know if he. W- I wouldn't put money on it, but I think that he has a good chance to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think he's got a better than not chance, but you know, I would say he's got a. I don't know what would you say like plus. 500 type of chance if the if the best best have you know like if a rom has like a plus 150 or whatever i think he's like a plus 500 yeah. i i think yeah, he'd, he'd probably be he'd probably be in the top 12 guys that i think could win a major this year from honestly. what i've seen he's a u.s open pga guy i don't know that he's really a uh, an open or a masters guy but um you know it's funny because a couple weeks ago you know i said that he was flirting with a live and i'm like i don't care go uh, no, but actually, he is, he, he's pretty strong against it, actually, mm-hmm. saying that he wants to protect his legacy. Yeah, which I think is great. And I think, you know, he's got a good story, too. So, you know, hopefully yeah, he'll do well. And I think, you know, it just gives another guy to go with JT and and Spieth and Scotty and whatever. It just gives us another guy to root for and who has a good story. Yeah. So uh, his yeah. qu- second question from Mitchapalooza, you get three balls on Sunday afternoon to hit the green at number 16 at the waste management. Are you hitting it? So in front of however many thousand fans, uh, I'd be shaking like a leaf. Probably not. I'd probably skull them. Here's my prediction. My first shot, I think I hit. I think I pure an iron, but it like skids off the green or like bounces right or it fades out or whatever. Like I think right. I think that first shot is the easiest because the adrenaline's going. And you're just kind of yeah, like you you're kind of numb, and then you start adjusting it, and then I'm thinking it's probably like dribbler like tom brady in the in the amateur part of the pro-am this week i don't know if you saw that ryan he like totally topped his tee shot about yes. five feet in front of him uh couldn't happen to a bigger asshole um and i just yeah i just think those other two shots are just the pucker factor comes on you've seen it like you don't necessarily do it at the grand rapids golf show that we'll do this weekend um and i've had a hold in one there and i've i've gotten in the in the circle before too i think i did last year actually um, or the year before that, maybe. Um, but it's always much easier with your first shot than it is the other two. It just, it just is. So I'm going to say no, but I think my first shot's actually my my best shot. Um, third question from Mitch. Jaden Akins is finally starting to show his pro upside. Do you think he stays one more year or goes to the draft? Um, I feel like he's going to stay. I don't know why. I just think – I just don't think he... – I think next year he would have more of a chance to be like the guy because obviously Walker's the guy and for some reason Hogarth's the other guy. Um, so I think I think he could end up staying honestly more so than I 
would have thought at the beginning of the season. Yeah, he's a, you know he's got a nice shot, Ryan. We talk about it. You can tell when it comes off his hand if it's flat, he's going to miss. But he's got a nice looking jump shot. He's obviously quick. He's a pretty good defender. He's got decent size for a guard. Um, but I do think that coupled with Holloman and Fears and some of the guys coming in, he could be the guy like the the fifteen to eighteen point a game guy next year. Um, whereas he definitely would be a second rounder. I mean, you know, the NBA drafts completely on nothing but upside, which is ridiculous. But I think it's a better than 50-50 chance that he stays one more year. Yeah. Um, fourth question, another Michigan State basketball question. Malik Hall's fake to spin mid-range was the best individual move from a player in an MSU uniform since Rocket White's jab three against Brad Davidson. Am I right or am I right? Yeah, I mean, that was like – I mean, behind the back, spin mid-range. That was that was gorgeous. And and if you watch it, like watch the defender, Jordan Geronimo's guarding him. He goes as he goes behind his back. He's kind of with him, and then he does a little hesitation, then spinning. And as he's spinning, he goes to reach, and it looks like he just stops dead in his tracks, like a just frozen. Like he hit pause on a t on a tv like he just paused it's insane and i'll say better than rocket rocket watts three jab three against Brad davidson i'll go with the matt mcquade side saddle is is a phenomenal move for michigan state guy just textbook but you know ryan we were talking about this in the game the other day what minus that northwestern game when we got all over him on the podcast he's been great and yeah. one thing about him is that you can't defend him to just one shoulder, right? Like you can't force him left or force him yeah, right he's because got he's that, got he's got a good move to both away. shoulders. Yeah, and and I think that's that's huge for him. And and I'm glad to see it because honestly, Tyson's a little beat up. I think um, AJ, you all know how I feel about AJ. I think Michigan State's going to go how Malik Halls carries them the rest of the way. I agree. All right, last question from Mitch, and then we'll get to Chris's questions. Do the Lions make a trade in the first round of this year's draft? His guess is yes to get one of the top four corners. I don't think they'll be there at 29. What do you think, Ryan? I mean, they've got some capital, obviously. What, five picks in the first hundred? Top. Yeah, I, I think they'll trade up. Um, if they see a guy that they you know have a top five to ten grade on and they think they can get him at number 15. Uh, Brad Holmes has shown aggressiveness every year as a GM with the Lions in the draft. Yeah, I, I, I think it's... He definitely would do it. I think the only I, reason I, I don't I'd like him to the only reason I would maybe not see it is if he instead gets somebody good in free agency. But um, yeah, I mean, I I have total faith in how they're going to draft. I mean, again, I still I debate. I get why they took him at two, but I don't know that Hutchinson was this is the is that year the second. He was he's probably arguably better than the number one pick defensive end, but I think Hutchinson was like to me a ten to twelve guy, not a number two guy. That's my own personal thing. I think he's got some things to yeah. work on. I think he obviously has, does a lot of good things and has a lot of potential. But I, I think that the Lions know how to draft, um, which is really rare to say that given how they were, you know, for the previous however 50 years of my life. So, um, yeah. so moving on, another longtime listener. Uh, we got to have him on the call too at some point. Got to have Mitch on the call sometime. Um, some great questions. So his first question was, and this is Chris, odds the Spartans go unbeaten in February, already 1-0, and right? Um, and Illinois, in his opinion, is the toughest game. Yep, road, game cer- road game certainly not easy, but three of them are winnable. Minnesota tonight, Penn State, and Michigan. He says 75% odds that Michigan State goes undefeated in March. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, 
I, yeah, I agree with that. I think if, if they beat Illinois on Saturday, 100%, I think they will. Because this, I, I think there's a lot of positive momentum. Um, I'm knocking wood um, for Michigan State right now. I think they're getting tougher. I think they're getting healthier. Um, aside from Tyson, um, they're a little more cohesive. They're rebounding a little bit better. Um, and they're they're finding ways, um, which I don't know if they would have two months ago, to be honest with you. In that Maryland game, I think they would have lost them by double digits two months ago. Um, yeah, I, don't... So I, I, I think they're growing. Um, it's just a matter of can they sustain it? Can they stay healthy? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, we, what would we say? I think they have ten games left, um, I think, or is it nine now? Um, I can't remember. Nine, I think it's, uh, I think it's nine. nine. Nine games. Nine. There's six this um, month and three next month. Yeah, I mean, if you go if you go six and three, you're, you're 20 and 11 going to the Big Ten tournament, win one, lose one, 21, 12, you're a seven seed probably. Um, yeah, I, I mean, six and three would be ideal to finish. But I think seven, two, eight, and one is not out of the question. I think Purdue's the only surefire loss I see in there for the last whatever, and I think you beat Illinois. I think you're going to win out. So yeah, I mean, I think this, in, it's in, probably in February. Yeah, I mean, it still wouldn't surprise me with this team to lay an egg somewhere along the way there. Um, but if the zone would get off their butt and actually help the team when they're losing, I would feel a little bit more confident. But I'm going to go like 80% chance. Again, a lot of it banks on Illinois, like you said, Ryan. By the way, update: Rutgers is up by. 44 to 39 seven, with six minutes to go now. seven now with like under six minutes to go in the second half and then ohio state is up pretty big on ohio on uh, indiana to 39 um Good Lord. so another question from chris is would you rather have a million dollars or eight hours at augusta to shoot nine under with unlimited mulligans to win 10 million dollars uh, I definitely wouldn't shoot well, so I'll just take the million dollars yeah, and cut my losses. I'm taking the million all day and every day, and it's not even it's, it's not even a consideration. All right, last question from Chris. Just sent it in here hot off the presses. Rate Alan Haller's hiring of Jonathan Smith, given the timing and the jobs that have come open since the hiring. I, I'm going to give him an A. He's, he's done a really good job. Um yeah, I'll say I was on here of record saying I didn't think that he would do it right. And I think he absolutely got it right. I think Smith is the right culture guy for Michigan State. I think yeah. he was a an up-and-comer that had Michigan State dawdled and waited. Um, I don't think they would have waited until the national championship. But like, And there's, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. We we all we talk crap about it, saying that yeah, there's no way. Board of trustees going to get in the way. Alan Hell doesn't know what he's doing. Good Lord, he's hired Jonathan Smith, who obviously isn't coach of game yet at Michigan State, but – He's a great guy. He's building a culture at Michigan State. More, he's more along the lines of D'Antonio, you know, blue collar. He has a really good staff. Um, he, he knows what he's doing. Um, he's and then you look at basketball. He hires Robin Freilich, I think, so you him. Michigan State women have been horrible for five or six years, and they're going to make the NCAA tournament. Adam Nightingale, Michigan State hockey is the best it's been in twelve years. Um, our, I think the volleyball team was a lot better. They hired a new coach recently. Gymnast, like Gymnastics, like all these yeah. teams are, are doing a lot. Soccer, women's them. soccer came up out of the ashes. You know, Dauber's got experienced that with Natalie. I mean, they were horrible. And yeah. you know, and, and Haller hired these people. Yeah, yeah. Good for him. I'm, I mean, the biggest one is going to be who was going to replace Tom. Right. If that happens in the next few years, that that's not. 
that's not going to be that's easy, not an enviable task that's for sure I, I have more trust in Haller than I did five months ago a lot more all right let's move uh quickly to spot three and we'll run through golf pretty quick um pebble beach yeah. recap didn't really get to didn't see much of ton. it yeah um it was the weather was ter- the first two days it was windy and cold um and then saturday was just windy and gross and then literally we're like okay maybe sunday we'll play we'll see just kept delaying delaying and then they're like nope we're not playing and then they're like nope we're not playing monday 54 holes that's it we're like live um <laughs> yeah clark with a win with a record day and you know big payday I mean, for shooting to 60 and then 60. He, pavon he, right he there was, he was yeah oh, a, i like him a bird like how do you say it? it's not a bird it's like a bear. A bear. I, I mean, he's been hot too. He oh, finished second. Pavone finished third. Um, you know, and the thing is, is you had like JT and Scotty and some of those guys that were moving up there. Hoagie, I think, finished either top six or top five as well. So um, would have been a bummer because I would have probably watched a lot of that on Sunday, especially. You know, we were in East Lansing for the game on Saturday and Friday night we were out and about, so we didn't really see it. But, um, you know, that's a fun tournament to watch because Pebble's just a great place. But, um, Best meeting of land and sea. How about uh, waste management? Well, how did our picks do last Ooh, week? Yeah, uh, last week. Let me pull up my uh, spreadsheet. I know. I think there's no cuts, um, but our guys didn't do great. My guys combined 78. Um, your guys combined 105. Fitzpatrick and uh, Hovland were both pretty terrible. Hovland withdrew actually from waste management because he was so mad at himself for the way he played. Mm. Um, and then Thigala did okay for me, and then Fowler did okay for you. But it wasn't a great week for our guys. Uh, no. Not a great season so far, except for at the Sony for me. I got sixth combined, and you got 15th at the Century. But, um, yeah, it brings us to the Waste Management, one of the most fun tournaments to watch. It's not like the course is anything special. There's some The, the last few holes are really fun, um, you know, with, with, with the, the best par three in golf, the rowdiest hole in golf, and then a shorty par four drivable with water and then a, a kind of an island-ish green on 18 um, with water so it, it, it's kind of a fun little stretch to finish um nothing's better than 16 though um it's just unbelievable um hopefully there's some holding ones and some beers thrown um but scotty scheffler's looking to three peat isn't that crazy three peat um, wow i was gonna pick him too but now that you say that i don't I don't know. That's oh, hard to do. Well, that leads me to my picks. I'm picking him. I th- he loves that course. And he does. Sam Burns with the other ones. He, he or my other one. He's done well there in the past. Yeah, I'm going to go with Thigala, who was right up there. It was a year he or two was ago. Last year. Yeah, um, one of the two. And then actually, I just saw my other guy and I lost him. Oh, I'm going to go with uh, Glover. I don't know. For some reason, I think he's Ooh, due like to Glover. kind of bounce back up a little bit too. He had a, obviously a good comeback last season. You haven't heard much from him this year, but. I was going to go Scotty. I just think it's too hard to three-peat, but it wouldn't surprise me because some some courses just suit people's eyes, that's for sure. You picked him last year, um, believe it or not, to win. Yeah, um, I did, and that was one of the times that I bet too. So, All right, so for golf, one more little quick thing. Uh, you can only pick two. Number one, a one-week trip to any destination in the world, golf trip that mm-hmm. is. Number two, beat your mates every time you play. I already do that. Number three, free golf lessons for life from any coach. Number four, perfect weather for every round of golf you play. Number five, have a seven-foot downhill to win the Masters. If you miss, you have to retire from golf. Uh, one, two. I, I, 
I don't, the weather doesn't bother me too much. I, we don't really golf when there's bad weather anyways, yeah. unless it, I mean, um, we don't golf in really cold weather or, I mean, wind, I guess, or, or maybe a little rain, but we're usually pretty smart about that. So I'll do the first two. Yeah, I, no way on number five. I'm not going to retire from golf. I'm not even retired yet, so why would I want to retire from golf? So I'm going to go number one and number four, perfect weather. I don't care about lessons. I'm self-taught. I don't, I don't need any lessons. I'm going to revert to my own way anyway, so... All right, now a word from our presenting sponsor who just renewed for our, what is this? Yep. We're going into our, four, is our, we're going to our fourth year, so um, I think, right? Like this is 100 and, yeah, we're going into our fourth year of podcasts, I think. Um, yep. Team Anders have been with us every step of the way. We really thank Jim and Donna for for helping us out and presenting the podcast. Um, you know, Team Anders Realty, their company will help you find the home that fits your wants and needs, and they make the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients for 30-plus years in the West Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at TeamAnders.com. All right, spot number four, State of State. Football. Football first. Let's do it. Um, A few preferred walk-ons Michigan State added um, in the last few days that are apparently pretty good. Um, 2025, they're recruiting really well. Um, offering a lot of guys, getting guys on campus, and they're loving it, loving the coaching staff. Um, very happy about that. Um, and then got another commit. Tomorrow's actually um, the second, the real national signing day of, of yesteryear. Yeah. He's got a commit yesterday. Um, kid, I think is Deshaun or Marshawn, I can't remember which one, Beeler um, from Chicago Simeon. He uh, 6'4", 280, big D tackle, um, kind of a late riser. He loved Michigan State, loved the culture. Um, spoke very highly of it. And that's a big get for Michigan State as they needed need some depth there. I feel like we've had some guys. Simeon guys, haven't we? And we definitely have uh, had some Chicago D linemen. Well, I guess we went to Simeon for high school. Good old Alante Brown, our favorite man. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. I don't know if we've had anyone else from there, but we've had a lot of Chicago D tackles, I feel like. Yeah, we definitely like, have. Aquan Jones, Raquan yeah. Williams, Mike Panashuk. Um, had a lot of them, so um, – going back to the well but he's he's a good player late riser like i said um love it and i, I think these guys are hungry um i'm excited and I, I wouldn't be surprised if michigan state in the second portal cycle would maybe try to add a corner um or something like that but um we'll see um but love the way uh, michigan state's doing things right now on the gridiron side spring practice march they're not doing a they're doing a spring showcase they're calling it more like a open practice type deal. I'm um, probably best for not getting guys hurt and stuff. Um, a little bit so, of scrimmage um, elements to it, but you know, I mean, it'd be kind of, yeah. kind of fun to see a pretty revamped Michigan state team and the coaches, you know, if that's, if the weather's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then let's just do basketball. Um, last week, um, just a piss poor first half against Michigan, like just flat. And then you come out, Davis Smith literally lights a fire under their ass. That's that's what scares me about this team, and it's why it was my podium last week, is that you have to have a walk-on, former walk-on, you know, be the fire and brimstone in the locker room for the players. Like, that can't come from – well, it's not going to come from Sideshow Bob because he's just a POS. But, you know, it's not. it can't come from Tyson or even Hall. Like, that's what scares me about this team. Yeah, that's not great. And, like, what? They turned it on and they played great. You knew Michigan was going to come back to the earth anyway. But, you know – my big beef again too is in having been there again on Saturday, 
is it the Izone used to be electric all the time. Like you could count on the Izone to, to stem the tide or to turn the tide in a game. Like if if things were going bad, like Michigan State got down one, you know, midway through the second half and it was kind of quiet. The pin you could hear a pin drop. And honestly, I noticed that Booker, Carr, Fears, and uh Normand all stood up and kind of waved their hands to get the crowd into it. Like it took the four freshmen on the bench to get the Izone into it. I don't know if it's because they're spoiled rotten, but the old Izone, when they come back, the alumni Izone does a much better job. Like, yeah, I get it. You know, you cheer better when the team's playing well, but the home court advantage in my book is when fans can pick you up when you're not playing well, when you need a big shot, when you need kind of a jolt on defense or whatever. And and they're just sitting around waiting, as I see why, waiting for Carr to jump out of the gym. Like he had his chin above the rim on the alley-oop last week against Maryland. But like you can't – that's my fear is that, you know, if Northwestern comes to town in March, right, like can Michigan State win that game without the Izone? Like the Izone's going to need to be tough, tougher. Um and I think it's just the culture, right? Like it's how Izzo, you know, he insults himself for not being harder on the guys. So be harder on the guys. Expect more from your fans. Like I expect more from the fans. If I'm there, I'm getting into it. Like I, I just don't I don't get why you only cheer when things go well. Like that's just such a front runner U of M behavior and I don't like it. And it's why Michigan State is not quite as formidable at home. I mean, they win eighty five percent of their home games, but you know, it used to be 90% plus because you could count on them to eke out a win because of the yeah, ism. Push you over the top. Yeah, like they still do the countdown, count up, and they mess with people's minds, and it doesn't work at first, and everybody goes, oh, isn't that cute? They always do it, and it doesn't work, and then it does end up working because they, they're brilliant that way. But it's just like, I don't know, they're not as bought in, and I think part of it, I was talking about this with Dauber, like, you know, because he has three kids that either go or have recently been out of there. You, like, you don't you do camp out for his own, but then you have to wait every time and it's a different seat. Like when we were there, you earned your way down. Like we were up in pig's pen in the rafters freshman and sophomore year. And then junior year we we camped out and we were able to get behind the you know the Michigan State end basket. And then senior year we were third on line in the steps um, of Jenison Fieldhouse all night. Couldn't give up your spot to get basically just right of Judge what was Judge Jungle, which was only the midcourt section. Um, front row seats and like you earned it and you wanted it and you went to all the games and I just I don't know I just think the way they've changed it and it's points and it's this and it's that and nobody really cares and nobody's into it and I, they gotta change that back but anyway that's that's a whole nother topic but yeah. Mana Mana wants some grades off of last week I mean I'm gonna uh, I'm just I'm gonna abstain on Hogard because I just I I got mad during the game and Ryan got mad at me against Maryland because he he goes for body contact on a layup instead of taking the easy shot. And yes, it got Reese a foul. And yes, Reese quickly followed up with another dumb foul and another dumb foul and another dumb foul. So it took him out of the game. But yeah. he just he makes every play way harder than it should be. He's a C at best for me. And I thought actually in the the game against Minnesota, uh, Maryland, I thought he was pretty. Eh. Anyway, no, he wasn't good. Tyson is clearly Tyson had a really good Tyson like first half he against played, Maryland. He played but a lot better. He's he's hurt. You can tell. Hall, I think, has been an A. Tyson, I'll give an A minus. I mean, I think he's he's hurt, and that's why he's not an A. Akins has been playing a little bit better. He's probably like B plus A minus. Um, I thought Cooper last week played really well. I'd give him. Yes. I'd probably give Cooper, you know, a high B B plus the way he played. He's not as great against Michigan, but really good against Maryland. Obviously, the dogs upstairs agree with me. Um, 
All right, Sissoko just he's struggling. Um, yeah, he's just he's just not doing very well. Uh, Carr and Booker are incomplete because they just don't play him enough. Uh, Holloman regressed. Holloman had a great game against Michigan, then he played pretty poorly against Maryland. But you know, he's being asked to do a lot more with fears out. So um, so those are kind of my quick run through the grades. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. I, I'd give Hall an A. He's he's been really good. Um, other than that, I think it's a lot of the same old, same old, um, just a roller coaster with some of these guys. Uh, I think Kohler's improving. You can tell he's playing a little bit more, but still not enough. Right, right. Um, yeah, I forgot about Kohler. Yeah. Um, I would be surprised tonight. I feel like this is a bit, a bit more of a matchup for him to kind of get going. Um, we'll see. Um, I don't know. I, I think Izzo, Izzo's coaching is – some of his his lineups we talked about last week have just been weird. Like you put two bigs on the court at the same time. First of all, like he's oh, probably say, oh, you know, it's defense. No, like you're, Carson Cooper shouldn't be guarding a six seven wing. Uh, right, he's playing right. four. I'm sorry, yeah. he's he's not fast enough. Does he have the length? Sure, but I just don't know. It's it's weird, but we'll see. Um, only time but will tell. Plenty of chances to continue to get you know rise up and get better. You know tonight would be a, definitely a, a good win at Minnesota. Nice Minnesota's a good team. Um, you know, wouldn't surprise me if we lost, but it's a game that we, you you kind of need to take care of and, and win. So let's, let's hope. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's round out the spots with spot five nfl super bowl preview ryan you said you're probably least excited for this game i think part of it's the letdown of the lions right i i actually never minded the 49ers even as a kid i hate the chiefs i hate kelsey and his pfizer pushing taylor swift garbage like i saw a great analogy the other day you don't go to a taylor swift concert to see nfl highlights stop freaking showing taylor swift in an nfl game like and we're gonna see a lot of it the Super Bowl commercials aren't. It used to be like the big unveil. Now they leak half of them online yeah, or whatever ahead of time. That. That's, the, that's the best part. Yeah, it, I mean, I think Usher could be probably a pretty good yeah, halftime I'm show. To Usher. You know, it's it's it's, it's like a national holiday, right? That's that's what's great about it. I, I think it probably will actually end up being a really good game. Um, I think the 49ers yes. have the upper hand talent wise offensively. I think the defenses are pretty close to a wash in my opinion. I, well, I could. Here's a. You know, you know what? I saw this stat earlier on on the TV at the gym. The Chiefs are last in the NFL in um, like yards after contact given up. Oh, and McCaffrey! McCaffrey is—he's a stud. That's what scares me. That's why I think the Niners will win this game. My bet for a score—I'm going to say thirty-one to twenty-three. Yeah, I'm going to go. Niners. I'm going to go thirty to twenty-four. Um, I think the Chiefs score a late touchdown and try an onside kick to try to to get it, but I think the 49ers are going to be pretty comfortable. That's one I'm going to I'm going to put a little bit of change on on Fanduel. Yeah. I, I like to do that exact bet. Um, maybe see what the scoreagami bet is too. But um, yeah, I think Brock Purdy. I th- Brock Purdy's going to be a Super Bowl champ. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Given all the guys in the NIL world of the NCAA that make more money, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, I'm just tired of the Chiefs. I, they're annoying. I'm sorry. Um, it's not like, and, and you don't, you weren't alive back then. But it's, it, you know, the Bills made it four years in a row back in the '80s, '90s, um, and they were kind of they lost every one of them, and they they were kind of the lovable team that got there. Like they were likable, maybe maybe because you rooted for them because they kept losing it. But like the Chiefs just are. Mahomes' wife is so incorrigible. I don't I don't really like how he complains to the refs. I can't stand. 
Kelsey and all the Pfizer pushing ads and all the political BS with Taylor Swift. Like I just, they, they're a team that is easy to hate. I don't dislike Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid's a good de- oh, dude a and a good coach, guy. but like, I just don't like anybody on their team. They just give off a screw you vibe. I, I just don't like them. Yeah. I, mm, not a big fan. Um, not a big fan, but um, you know, bets in that game. I'm, I, I'm not looking at FanDuel right now, but you know, I think Kelsey touchdown is definitely something to throw in there. C Mac a couple, mm-hmm. um, in probably Mahomes rushing yards, um, Purdy rushing like over rushing yards. He's a good scrambler every now and again. Um, you know, maybe like Rashi Rice receptions. Um, just stuff like that. Then, you know, there's the fun props like, will there be an onside kick? Will there be a blocked punt? Will there be a streaker during the national anthem? How long is the national anthem? Like that stuff is so fun. Um, just makes it great. Like all, all the stuff you can, you can bet on and just pay really close attention to um, just for like, you know, we, we love sports in general and that just makes it even more interesting. Cause you're like, Oh, like I have to be glued to this whole time. Um, but yeah. Like you said, the TV, the, the commercials used to be like, that was like the best. You're like, Oh, what's the, like you can't miss the commercial break. Like you use the bet the restroom during the game instead right, of the commercials because right. you want to see. The, but now they leak. Like you said, they're leaking all. Like yeah, I, I've seen. I haven't watched any of them because I want to watch them actually when it happens. But um, I don't know. Everything's we'll so see, woke they, anymore. Anyway, like they can't even have any fun with commercials. So I'm I'm counting on the commercials being a major disappointment. Uh, probably they haven't been good the last couple of years. So. But yeah, um, last game. Oh man, that that pains me to say, but it's been a, a fun, not for college, but for NFL. It's been a, I've I've got more into the NFL than I ever have in, in my life, paying closer attention and trying to know more because college is so much different than it was three, four years ago even. Um, and I, I love the NFL. Um, sad to see it go, but it'll make us want it even more. Um, we can watch the UFL. Yep, there you go. Michigan Panthers, baby. Yeah, hey, we should go to a game. It'd be fun. I don't know. Something different. But that's all I got Super Bowl-wise, um, picking the Niners, um, as are you. Let's go to Sprint. Um, I, this is this is funny. Um, so I, I saw this video. So during the Auburn, I don't remember they're playing the other night. Like their best player, Johnny Broom, big guy, like was backing up toward the crowd. I think we were playing Ole Miss. He felt like someone crabbing at him, like from the front, and he like slapped his hand back, turned around, freaking Morgan. Freeman, yeah, I saw like, that. It was like tapping on him to say like good job or whatever. Then he like went over and apologized. Like I'm so sorry. Like I thought you were. He's like no, it's fine. Like it was awesome. Like I thought that was so cool. And he's like one of the obviously like the most well known celebrities out there. Um, what celebrity would you want? Like, if you were to look up and see any celebrity in the crowd watching you play a sport, who would it be? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, man, wow. You you go first, and I'll keep thinking. I, I said Will Ferrell just because. Oh yeah, Will Ferrell. Awesome. He yeah, he would be a good one. Uh, the late Chris Farley would have been a good one. Yeah, yes. I, I go. I, I could go with Will Ferrell. I think Will Ferrell would be pretty dang funny. I mean, like, look, I have that Strahan story from um, Kurt Warner's flag football thing when I was hobbling around on crutches and I couldn't play. And he's like, you know, he was just busting my chops for being too old to have been playing basketball and whatever. And like, so that was a good celebrity moment. That was pretty pretty classic too. But yeah, I, I Will Ferrell, I could go with that too. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, all right, next one um, is the AT and T. People are saying the AT&T is not legit for only being 54 holes. Yay or nay? 
not legit, I disagree. I mean, I think you still you you play what's in front of you, right? Like you can't tr- control the weather. You know, they tried and tried and tried, but like I mean, California's getting historic rains and mudslides and wind and whatever and hey, look, the thing is is Clark didn't back into it. He shot a 60 that day to put himself yeah, up there. Exactly. I mean, would he have won? I don't know, but that's that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. So illegitimate BS. Nope, I agree. It's not illegitimate. Um, 60, if he'd shot like a 73 and was like five clear and, you know, it was like a one-shot lead, I'd be like, okay, maybe. But, no, he he deserved it. Um, best, uh, this is funny. I literally thought of this when I was sitting at my desk today. Best childhood hot lunch that you would look forward to at school? Taco Haystack at Hinkle Creek Elementary School in Noblesville, Indiana. It was basically just taco meat with cheese on top of it. That's... Sounds lovely. Um, okay, last one. Um, over under. I also thought of this earlier. Over under for Sharon Moore seasons as Michigan's head coach. Well, his contract's what five years. Um, uh, I'm gonna go four. I'm gonna say over under three and a half, and I think it goes under. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I, I think they give him three years, and he's not. He's either not going to be great. There'll be some violations, whatever. Um, I think he does. Well, they're going to be so hamstrung. Let's be honest. Like, there's no way they're not going to. Because now they're they don't have any. They're like, oh well, they already got their natty, and Harbaugh's not there, and we'll give him a show cause, and we're going to slam them with some penalties and whatever. And who cares? All their good players left, so it's going to be like a a pointless. It's kind of like when they punished Michigan basketball well after the Fab Five to the point right. where it didn't really matter. But it did set them back for a while, and I could I could see that. So, yeah, I could I, I think four years is his ceiling, and I think it's probably more like a three-year deal for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm going under three and a half. All right, that's 160 of these bad boys. Um, let us know if you have any questions for us, see you want us to hit on, anything basketball, golf. Um, off-season football, maybe in the next, you know, next month we'll talk when the combine happens. We can start talking draft stuff. Um, but yeah, we're looking forward to this this weekend, the Super Bowl. Um, it's gonna be fun. All right, for the first time in NFL history, there is not a Lambo, a Landry, or Belichick as coach. Fifty-eight years that those guys either coached straight together, or overlapped, or whatever. And assuming Belichick doesn't take some head coaching job that we don't know doesn't exist, first time in 58 years one of those three guys won't be a coach in the NFL. Pretty crazy. So in honor of Bill Belichick, who once said, talent sets the floor, character sets the ceiling.